Welcome to Confidently Uncertain. My name is Erica Lascala, and I'm your host for this podcast, a podcast that discusses all things fashion forecasting. It's incredibly difficult to predict trends years in advance with many factors affecting all stages of the forecasting process. But with all of the uncertainty that comes with trend prediction, you must be able to report it confidently. With all the answers still up in the air, we're going to be talking to industry professionals to get them for you. This is Confidently Uncertain. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Confidently Uncertain. For this episode, I'll be joined by Christian Harris to discuss the future of technology in fashion. New technologies are always being invented and they're constantly evolving and changing rapidly. Christian started his career in technology and fashion in graduate school, where he mastered the computer-aided design system. From there, he went on to work for companies such as Marquesa, Gerber Technology, and Global Garment Engineering for pattern making and 3D production. Christian has worked on exciting projects in collaboration with GGE to produce replicas of costumes from productions including The Greatest Showman, Bridgerton, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Today, our conversation will touch on many different forms of technology, such as artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and augmented reality, and how these innovations can be made possible in the fashion industry, and what makes us believe that they can be an actual implementation. So with all of that being said, welcome, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So I'm so excited for our conversation today. I think it's going to be really interesting just hearing about the different forms of technology and fashion, because it's really new to me. And I'm sure it's going to be new to a lot of people to hear. So to start things off, I gave a really brief uh, background about you. But would you like to tell us a little bit more and go into a bit more detail about you and your journey in fashion and technology? Sure. Uh, I am wholly in love with garment making. I, I just recently moved. So that's why my background is a mess right now. But you can see um, there are a few sewing supplies and dress forms and things everywhere. That's because my my living room is really like a maker space uh, when it's all put together. So no couch, but I have six sewing machines and uh, it makes me very happy. Working in the industry today, technology is just a critical component of of any of that work, really. And I always enjoy being able to um, blend the craftsmanship and that sort of just component of making quality garments with uh, any any bits of technology that make that work easier. I think that's incredibly important today, especially because they're, you know, our base of skills when it comes to garment making and craftsmanship, it's kind of getting eroded a little bit with time. So if we can supplement some of those skills that we don't, you know, have craftsmen or women to work on, or, you know, to sort of lead the way with, if we can, you know, bring technology in to sort of help support that, that way the people who are still very invested in craftsmanship can still, uh, do great things and make beautiful things with supportive technology. And then I'm all about it. So uh, in my career, every sort of fun opportunity uh, I've been able to jump into has really, has really been built on this platform of, okay, how can we achieve the best work uh, and use technology to support whatever it is we're creating? So We've gotten to do that for projects with a few companies. So um, in the, the film industry, but also I've worked on um, like a capsule collection um, for my friend and former employer as a Jean-Pierre with Gucci when they did their capsule collection. So we were able to put together so by samples and Clo 3D and then send those over to the team in Italy that would 
then manufacture and program the knits that uh, eventually became a part of the capsule collection. So, uh, you know, in that case, technology was helpful because we didn't have time to create so by samples. So we could just put them together in 3D and then send that along with the tech pack. So it was great. New technologies, like I said before, are always evolving, always just coming to play. And I love seeing how they're just taking new forms in fashion all the time. It's, I think it's so interesting. So to hop right into the questions. So in October of 2021, Mark Zuckerberg declared the future of Facebook as the metaverse. So the metaverse is a shared virtual space that can be roamed widely, and it's said to become the future of all digital media and commerce. So when we talk about the metaverse, what do you think are the signs that this parallel 3D universe can be the internet of tomorrow? Uh, I think the energy behind it is probably one of the biggest signs that it's going to be um, an important part of the future. I still feel like where we are right now with metaverse and, and getting into this, this it's, it's, a, it's almost like we've discovered a new trench in the ocean that is digital, right? And we need to arm ourselves to be able to, you know, get our man subs down and, and really dig into this new digital space and figure out what's, what's really there, what's going on and how this is going to work. I still feel like we're at the beginning stages of that. And I think the energy behind it right now is a good sign. And I'm starting to see people in, um, in fashion try to figure out how to create better experiences for consumers and um, how to be more inclusive in these spaces. So, uh, yeah, it, the the energy is is the biggest sign. But I think we still have a we have a lot of um, we have a, a lot more steps before we really figure out how to equip our man subs to really dive into <laughs> what what everything this uh, this new space can be. But it's exciting. I know it's such a big concept that it's like there's still those stepping stones like we still have to start out smaller and like work our way up to it. Um, But yeah, it's I think I think the day will come where it happens. Who knows when? But I think it's definitely possible just seeing how much we've already evolved since way back when when like cell phones weren't even a thing. So this kind of goes hand in hand. But do you think the metaverse technology is going to be available for everyone of all demographics? Or how do you think it's going to evolve in the marketplace and shopping environments? I would hope technology becomes more and more available to everyone. But that's not the reality of the world that we live in today. I think it will um, definitely be available to um, you know people in, in high income earning countries. And in those countries, there is still great disparity, right? So then the even though I don't think it will be available to everyone worldwide, I think even in um, the U.S. and Canada and in these countries, we still have, you know, pretty broad income disparity. And there are still examples of people who are sort of left out of certain systems. So I think um, one of the interesting things about Metaverse and this idea of going into digital spaces and having these immersive experiences is they're not limited in the way things things and experiences are in the physical world, right? You know, it's it, when it comes to people who may have certain disabilities or, you know, even, you know, be limited in their capacity to travel and do things, you know, you have an opportunity in this space to be able to afford maybe 
to wear things in that space that you can or to experience product and, um, you know, design and things that you wouldn't otherwise have access to because operating solely in the physical world is inherently limiting. So I think it, it has opportunities to be inclusive. It has opportunities for people to create their identity in a way that maybe we can't in the physical world. So all of those things are exciting. So, um, I think that's where it has the the most opportunity to really change the whole marketplace and the shopping experience is because you you have a different you have a whole different set of opportunities to to invent yourself and to experience things and to do things that you wouldn't otherwise. So it definitely has um, so many opportunities for disruption, and I'm hoping that that disruption will be one that gets to be more and more inclusive as the space grows. Yeah, for sure. So what we're hoping to do is hoping that this new technology and the metaverse will just make everything more diverse, more inclusive, make things more accessible for everyone. So generally speaking now, what innovations do you think we're going to see next in fashion? So like what you've seen already happening, what do you think we're going to see next? I I know what I hope we will see next. And what I hope we will see next is greater synergy between garment makers and people who really um, people who are really invested in craftsmanship and making things. Um, I, I want to see more synergy between those folks and the people in technology. Right now, there's this sort of divide. If you think about the people who go to school for computer engineering or, you know, work in software, it's it's not usually people who have also gone to school for fashion or something like that. Right. It's you know, it, it's, it's almost like you have the cast of, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, Big Bang Theory and the cast of the Devil Wears Prada trying to work together to now bring this fashion and digital space forward. And because that because there haven't really been synergy between those groups in the past, there are lots of gaps in the current technology to help us build digital garments or to digitize the end to end process or to support that process. So the innovations that I would hope to see are improved material physics. Um, Like if you look at how materials work in a digital space, um, fabrics and things will float in ways that they don't necessarily in the real world. And they don't have to in that world. Like for example, you watch, um, if you watch Frozen, there's a scene where Elsa, you know, she's singing Let It Go and she's walking out on the balcony in this ice castle she just built. And she has this beautiful cape that's just flowing behind her. At the same time, the intention for that cape was that it was like beaded and beaded fabric does not float in the air like that. And it doesn't matter in Elsa because she's in a, a fantasy world. Right. But. When you then try to bring something like that into the physical world, if you tried to actually make her gown, it would never move the way it does in the movie. So we need um, more connection and understanding of actual material physics and then how they work with clothing in the digital space. But we need more people who are really passionate about it and driven to actually be able to connect and speak with people (laughs) who work in tech, because very often the folks who work in tech, they're like, oh, fashion, you know, like they, they assume fashion is, is, you know, all like magazine covers and things like that. But in, in actuality, people who are invested in design and creating garments for human beings are some of the best ethnographers and the best historians. And uh, it's a really, really difficult uh, trade to do and do well. So um, we just need the more synergy there. And then I think the innovation that can come from that can really help us escape some of the the really dark 
corners of the apparel industry and the exploitation of, you know, developing nations and overproduction of, of goods and filling landfills with, you know, throwaway fashion. I think I'm interested in seeing the technology uh, improve in those spaces so that all the dots get connected and connected well, and people can create great product um, without destroying our planet <laughs> and harming, you know, other members of our, our global society. So I'm excited about those innovations. I'm also excited to see how um, how things like blockchain and NFTs can be attached to um, product and experiences in a way that allow artists and creatives to continue to benefit from the movement of their work, right? So it's been a thing where even if you think about the, you know, um, fine arts sort of space, right? You, you create a painting, you sell that painting. That painting then goes on often to be sold several more times, especially if you're like a, a famous artist. But when that painting is sold at Christie's auctions for, you know, $5 million, that $5 million goes to the most recent owner and doesn't benefit the artist at all you know, um, or the artist estate. So I think with blockchain having now opportunities to continue to track the sale of something and then connect the sale of something back to the original creator is amazing. And I'm interested to see how that can improve uh, things in fashion. I'm hoping that that also makes it safer for people in fashion to, um, you know, go above and beyond and really bring the art back to fashion, not that it's completely left. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see more people continue to work in that space and feel protected in working in that space. And I think t- technology and innovations there can help us do that. OK, yeah, I think the point that you made about the connection between engineers and people working in fashion, I think that was really interesting because I didn't even think about that when I was thinking of this question. But it's true. You have people who go to school for engineering, so they know the technology side. And then you have the ones that go to school for fashion. They don't really correlate too much. But then when you think of technology and fashion, that's extremely important because as you mentioned, engineers don't really understand how fabrics work, how they're supposed to look on a screen or in the digital world. So I think that was really interesting that you mentioned that there has to be a very close connection between the two. And I do think we need to see more of that as well. But yeah, I thought all of your points were really interesting. So how do you think brick and mortar stores are going to be redesigned to adapt to the more digital world. So for example, we have the Amazon store using like the quote unquote, just walk out technology and like self checkouts. We have that already. But how else do you think brick and mortar stores are going to be redesigned to adapt to our more digital world? I think that when you look at branding in general, you want your experiences all to to be something that represent the same brand, right? So it's like you want people to in, in a digital space to have the best experience possible and you want that experience to feel as much like uh, you want the experience in the store to feel as much like that digital experience in that people go into your your digital space and what you have to offer there and they understand which store they're shopping with or which brand they're experiencing. And then when they go into the store, that should be connected, right? But the interesting thing with that is you're dealing with a completely different set of senses. So um, I love Martin Lindstrom's book, Brand Sense, where he talks about how um, the most effective brands really market to more senses than just your... Um, 
you know, just the visual and, and what you're you're hearing, uh, because there are all these tactile components, right? It's like certain stores have a smell. I remember uh, one of the examples that Martin uh, Lindstrom gives in Brand Sense is taking the labels out of several pairs of jeans. Mind you, this was in the early 2000s. So <laughs> taking the labels out of several pairs of jeans and then asking a group of like preteens which ones they liked. Now they can't associate it with the brand, but there's a girl who picks up one pair of jeans and she's like, oh, I want these because they're Abercrombie. And he's like, well, how do you know? Because of the smell. Right. But those little brand touch points are very important to really uh, connect the experiences and help people really feel like they are really connected to your product. Uh, Another example would be if you look at certain brands, like if you um, all of my um, I love a good sandal and. You know, I love a good Prada sandal and the shoe box, like the box that Prada comes in, it has this beautiful tactile quality. So I remember one time I'm even like digging through my storage unit when I was living in New York, but hadn't fully relocated yet. And I was like trying to get to a particular box and I couldn't see it, but I could feel it. And I knew exactly what was in that box based on that tactile quality. And I always sort of, you know, like just associate, associate that with the brands. So in a physical space, you as a as like a as mark someone who's marketing product can really work with all of those senses you know you can you can have um smells and um like these tactile components all working together to build out your brand and that in a digital space isn't really the same thing yet maybe it will become a thing right but um i'm interested to see how um Digital will blend into in-person experiences, but I'm also interested to see how people will use what they have already established as an in-person experience and bring that into digital so that it's all connected. And, you you know, you're experiencing the brand um, in new ways, but not in a completely different way. You know, like is I feel like it all needs to be connected. So you're basically saying that like the physical branding and the physical product that the brand provides, like you mentioned with the Prada box, like you knew that that was Prada or the Abercrombie jeans, like the girl knew that that was Abercrombie because of the scent, how they're going to bring all of that into a digital form. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you want that to be uh, sort of connected and it's like, um, one of the other examples that he gives in the book, and it's something that I always think about, even when it just comes to personal branding and stuff like that. If you take a Coke bottle and you smash it on the ground and then you just pick up a few pieces of broken glass, right, you still recognize what it was. Right. You know, and with a lot of other bottles, you can't really do that. But with a Coke bottle, you can because it's so distinct. And when you're thinking about who your whole brand is, like it's like that Coke bottle and you want when people pull it apart, people to still recognize exactly where it came from, because it's just sort of a good brand. So if you can take a label off of an item and people still know exactly where it came from, then that means you're really building a great connection with the product that you're creating. And it has something that's really distinct and recognizable. And um, when it comes to these digital experiences now, I feel like they should also be smashable in that sense that, you know, people can have an experience in a digital space and still connect it back to the brand and know exactly where it came from. Even if you took off all of the, you know, um, all of the branding and all the labels and things like that, you want that sort of smashability with your brand because 
sometimes, you know, you don't have to or have the um, option to really lead with like your logos and things like that. So if people can look at a product and know exactly where it came from, you know, that uh, to me is always a win. And I want that in digital and I want that in the physical space. And, you know, I, I, I think that's what I would like to see happen. Um, and you, you, another place that you sort of see that with fashion brands specifically is sometimes you might be watching an award show and you're, you're watching someone come in a dress and you've never seen a dress before, but based on the silhouette or the color or something like that, you're like, I'm 100% sure that is a Christopher John Rogers dress, right? It's because, you know, you, you've never seen the dress before, but the use of silhouette and color and things like that can be very specific to a brand. And that's great, right? Like, how wonderful is that when you don't have to say, well, who are you wearing? And everyone already knows who you're wearing just because the brand is so distinct, right? So when you're having a digital experience, you know, you want, I, I want, I would want people immediately to know, oh, this is this brand or that brand without you even having to see more or know more. I think that's just wonderful. And that's, it's difficult to do, but when you've achieved that, it's uh, great for your customers. It's great for your brand recognition and it, it makes you more distinct. And it's just, it's just great marketing. I love it. Yeah, honestly, that is such an interesting take on this because I would have never thought about making a brand identifiable digitally. Like I would have never thought that like that is an important issue to see in the future because you're right. It's like an artist. Picasso has his own style. And when you see that, you know it's Picasso. And that's the same with some designers. You see the silhouette, you see the shape of the dress and you know it's that designer for sure. Um, so where do you think wearable technology will be in the next 10 years? So like right now we have the Apple watch, we have Google glass. Um, I have no idea, but my hope for that space is that, um, it gets us because once you in, integrate technology into apparel and into clothing, like, yeah, I know wearable tech does also include the watches and things like that, but that's just an easy thing because people don't routinely have to wear a wa- a different watch every day right but you, have, you you we live in a world where now it is appropriate to you know not wear the same article of clothing several days in a row and that may seem like well duh yeah cuz you got to wash it at the same time that was not always a thing right like even even the wealthiest people in um you know years past they were not wearing something new every or something different every day, right? It's like watch an episode of Downton Abbey and dinner after dinner after dinner, they'll be, they'll wear like the same gown or they'll have a few gowns that they're wearing that season um, because it wasn't inappropriate (laughs) to be seen in the the same thing. And I think um, we've sort of lost that now. Like it's not, it's, it is, is like almost kind of like what to be seen wearing the same thing on Instagram twice, you know? Um, And I'm hoping that the value that wearable tech can add, it will help us sort of get back to buying things and wearing them and enjoying them and where, you know, and being seen in them multiple times um, because it's not a bad thing. We we've sort of tricked ourselves into believing it's a bad thing. And it's one of those things that industry gets to benefit off of so we can go buy more clothes and they've made them incredibly cheap so that we can continue to buy more clothes and sort of have this look or that look. And um, you know, with wearable tech, all of a sudden that's not, especially if we're integrating it into apparel, 
you know, now it, it's probably going to cost more and you might need to wear it a few more times and things like that. So I'm hoping that um, wearable tech will go there. I've seen interesting things with um, knitting trying to take off. And I think knitting is a very interesting space to be able to in, include tech, because if you think of sort of wiring and, and threads, right, you sort of have that there. But with woven goods, you're still we're still in a space where you have to weave the cloth, then cut the cloth. But with knitting, you can really take those yarns and knit whatever you need. And you can get really specific and you can use that to um, uh, to really put some things together and, uh, you know, to have like circuitry and things running through the knitting. So I'm interested to see also what kind of innovation we'll have coming out of the knitting space. It's um, one of those spaces that a lot of, we don't have as much understanding around how to really program knits very well. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we continue to grow in that space as well, but lots of promising opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And another example I just thought of with wearable technology. I had an assignment this semester and like we had to kind of um, use new and emerging technologies and implement it into fashion, which was really fun and really interesting to work on. But what my group came up with was this tiny piece of thread, right? That goes throughout your clothes. um, And it's like a blockchain technology. So by using this thread, you can like tap your phone or something And then it'll show you like the history of the garment, like all the way back. So it's interesting to kind of think that way because it's like, can this really happen? Um, But yeah, so like that's what we worked on. Yeah. And then then it becomes a part of the story and also adds value to the garment, right? Because with the world we live in today, um, (laughs) so often people's garments may have been to and seen and come from more parts of the world than that person has actually traveled to, right? This is like your thread or your the um, organic material used to make the yarns could have been grown in one country and then processed into yarn in another country, then woven in yet another country, then cut and sewn in another country, <laughs> then shipped and sold to you in another country, right? So like this whole sort of thread forward journey of garments is um, pretty extensive. And how cool would it be if you know, you could just have an idea of where it came from because we have a a label on the inside that says made in. But in reality, that was just one of the sort of checkpoints on the way to that garment being created. It wasn't necessarily only made in that country. You might have, you know, um, cotton that was grown off the coast of South Carolina that was then, you know, sent to China to manufacture something. So now it's made in China, but you're missing the whole story of where that came from. So if you can sort of integrate uh, ways to include more information that doesn't have to be all printed out on the label inside, but you have a digital way to share as much information as you want, I think that is a really cool opportunity. Exactly. And the life cycle of a garment is so much more detailed than what people think. And I think with this kind of technology, it'll get just people more aware of where their piece is coming from. So my next question, it goes along with the wearable technology. So much like the quote unquote, herself dress, which is able to purify surrounding air. How do you think garments of the future will be able to offer other ecological solutions? I think um, I sort of have to go back to some of the the thoughts that we talked about already. I'm hoping that what really comes out of this and and including more innovation is us producing less. Right. Because like that's the, the sort of biggest problem 
on my mind right now because it's like we have so much product out there and it's not good. No one, you know, I I struggle with the the idea that anyone really needs to make 20,000 of anything. You know, it's like, it's like, why do we need that much merchandise and that much product? So I'm hoping that one of the big advantages that comes out of tech and us integrating tech and us adding value to garments in ways like you described with uh, with you know having a thread in it that is is you know incorporated um technology to have that sort of embedded in blockchain i think all of those ways that we can add value and make fashion less throwaway and we can produce less in the long term that's going to be the best way forward for this industry to become sustainable and sustainability is the first thing that we really need to get serious about achieving um if we want to keep this industry going and um keep the planet going at the same time uh so yeah we 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 really have to work on that um then i'm interested to see in um how we can use this technology to improve the lives of other global citizens and and part of this huge global society uh, with the technology, right? So one, reducing the waste is a thing, but then also like, how can we, what what opportunities are there? Like purifying air is great um, to be able to do that with materials and stuff, but you know, then how does that, how can we, um, push that forward in other spaces? What can we do with the skills that we have in our industry and blending technology with it to provide other other benefits and to sort of heal the world in other ways? You know, water is still an issue for a lot of the developing world, right? And it has an, um, an ad- especially, you know, impacts women because women are the, who collect a lot of the water for their families in places where water is hard to find. But we never seem to have problems finding water to, you know, use several hundred gallons of it to dye whatever material we're going to sell the next season. Right. So um, I'm interested to see how technology can be used to uh, erode or to get rid of get rid of that need and that like heavy use of water when water is in and clean drinking water is a scarcity for so many people living today. Um so those are the the places where I'm really hoping that we can get the most out of that sort of ecological solution, right? It's like it's it's not even just creating the product for people to wear and go out and and you know improve the air around them. It's about how do we revolutionize what we're doing so that clean water can go where it needs to go and that's to sustaining life and not necessarily to achieving the perfect pink. <laughs> so uh yeah I am that I'm that's where I'm sort of I'm really hoping that the future will will get us in a new direction. And it's starting to happen like I um recently was shown a a technology that actually dyes yarn without water on demand so you can create as much as you need for a specific garment or to sew something and get the exact color that you need without water. So I think things like that are starting to happen and I want to continue to see us push in that direction. And even the amount of water that jeans hold to produce a pair of jeans, it uses so much water. And it's like, why do we need all of that for one pair of jeans? So I definitely think using new technologies to come up with other solutions of how can we make this without using all of this dye or all of this water to produce it. I definitely think that's a really good point um, because in the end, 
it's like we're trying to make the world better by making things more sustainable, making thing, creating things in more ethical ways. And I think we can definitely do that with the, the use of technology and the skills that we have and the connections that people in the fashion industry can make with others who know more about it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. So do you see any new technologies taking over physical retail spaces in the future? So for example, AI, VR, AR technology, or a new and emerging one, collaborative telepresence? Um, I think there are certainly opportunities for it to to join in. I'm not I'm not 100 percent like really clear on what that looks like in the future, including, you know, more like augmented reality and virtual reality. But it has promise. So recently I was talking to one of my friends who has an Oculus and it's sort of like her escape from the world <laughs> of, of uh, you know, sort of working remotely, right? It, it, it was her like mini vacation, but she's talked to me about other experiences and things she's done. She's like, yeah, I was using my Oculus to tour Anne Frank's annex. It's just like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, wow. Like I hadn't thought of doing that. And then she was like, yeah, she's like, and it was amazing to see. And, you know, she was describing it to me as if she had been there, but she was <laughs> just sort of joking, but she was like, um, yeah, she's like, I don't think I'd ever be able to see it in person. I'm like, why? She's like, because I'm too fat to fit up the steps. You know, <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't be able to get into it in the physical. She's like, I would feel like I would be like claustrophobic and like have a panic attack right there in in the steps trying to get up to the annex. But it was nice to be able to explore and see it there. And I hadn't thought about using um, using virtual reality or augmented reality to connect people to these experiences that do exist in the real world that they don't have access to, right? So I think when it comes to um, retail spaces, right, you, you we all have like these little stores and things like that that maybe we've heard of, like the, the Prada store in the middle of the desert or, um, you know, going to a specific brick and mortar location or a flagship store in this country or that country. It's always an experience. So those, those kinds of retail experiences now do have an opportunity with this technology to connect to people who maybe don't have access to them. You know, if you're, you know, one of my favorite brands is Dries Van Noten. So when I went to um, Antwerp for the first time and I got to go to the the Dries Van Noten store there in Antwerp, it was, I felt like it was like a pilgrimage moment. I just wanted to like on the sidewalk outside, like, you know, bow and kiss the ground. Uh, but, you know, it's like, for me, that was an experience to be able to go to that store. So, you know, it would be nice even to, have that space now. Like I, I don't have to go to Antwerp to see something like that. If that were an option that Dries Van Note made available. Right. And there's, there's something to that because you get to see what's put together in the windows. You get to see the product in a different way. So it's just like, you know, every time I go there, I find new things that I want. Right. So it's like, now I can sort of, you have that visual of what things look like are coming down the runway. You can see that, but then to have opportunities now to share in these physical spaces virtually is cool. Right. And I think that's a new opportunity that, that um, lies ahead for those kinds of shopping experiences. And, you know, I personally would appreciate being able to go to the Dries Van Noten store whenever I want to, even though I don't live in Antwerp. So I don't have an Oculus yet, but you know, when, when more um, experiences become available like that and it's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily um, use it to go and visit Anne Frank's annex, but I certainly you know, would appreciate having other things like that available. I thought it was just really cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about the technology of collaborative telepresence. And I was just thinking it's new and emerging, obviously hasn't really happened yet. But it's mostly meant for business people who can't really meet in person. So it's as if you're with others in a room and say you went to go give someone a handshake, you can like feel their hand. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was thinking about that being used in the fashion space. And I just thought it would be so cool because during COVID, all of that, when people couldn't travel, when say, for example, buyers had to look for products online and everything, they couldn't actually physically feel the clothes. They just had to kind of go with their gut instinct and buy the clothes, even if they don't know what it's going to feel like, what if what it's actually the material is going to be like the quality. So I thought collaborative telepresence would be such a cool um, technology to use in fashion for people that can't go physically see something. So for example, a buyer could have the piece in front of them when it's not really in front of them and still be able to feel it. So I feel like just little things like this is definitely possible, but it's just the question of when, and like, there's always those little steps that we have to do before that. But yeah, using these like different technologies is just so exciting. So fun in my opinion. Yeah. It's also, um, and, and that sort of thing is, is, is very much needed for things like fittings. Because when you're when you're doing fittings, you're usually are reviewing those with like designer, technical designer, maybe even the factory that produced it. So to be able to sort of have it together in one virtual space could be helpful, especially I mean, it would, um, you know, it would it would be a check on the box of Greta Thunberg. Right. Because, in you know, <laughs> having to ship things back and forth is um, very harmful to the environment, but then also traveling so much and having people move around the world in that way. Um is not helpful to the environment and carbon emissions. So that I think in fittings and in there, there are um, fittings happening constantly and several times for even one article of clothing. So if you multiply that across all the millions and millions of uh, skews and forth and 3D is helping us get there a little bit already, but definitely having that opportunity to have people together in one virtual space, looking at a garment. And once we have the tactile and haptic things, uh, available, then yeah, definitely a big win. So hopefully we, we we're able to push that to reality. I know. Hopefully it's definitely way up there. It's a long shot right now, but I think eventually like way, way, way in the future, it could happen. So with all of that being said, that wraps up today's episode. Um, I want to thank you so much again, Christian, for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. That was a really interesting conversation. And I think we got a lot of key takeaways about where technology is heading in the future in the fashion industry specifically. Um, But before we go, would you like to tell everyone your social handles, either personal or professional, so they can keep up with all of your exciting projects that you're working on? Uh, Sure. Cool means I... um... I'm not very good at I'm a, sometimes I'm, I'm, a, I'm really a tech lagger. Um, I'm not very good at posting all of my projects, but uh, you can find me anywhere as Christian L. Harris. So when I got my like website, ChristianLHarris.com was available and Christian Harris was not. So <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Christian L. Harris. You can search me on LinkedIn, Christian L. Harris, or you can go to ChristianLHarris.com and I have the links to my social media right there at the bottom. Perfect. So thank you again for joining us, Christian. And thank you all so much for listening to Confidently Uncertain. Tune in next week where we'll be discussing the future of social media in fashion. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guests for joining us. You can find Confidently Uncertain on streaming platforms. 
You can also find us on Instagram at Confidently Uncertain Pod for staying up to date with all of the future fashion trends and inspiration. See you next time on Confidently Uncertain.